Hello everybody, I'm back for episode 28 of Near Perfect Pitch. Thank you very much for uh, prospectively joining me. I will always, as usual, as is in keeping with the format, tell you what you can expect to hear uh, in the next three hours or so as I fade out the, uh, the wonderful Teenage Fan Club. First off, don't forget we've got a new website, nearperfectpitch.com, which I'm rather... I'm rather proud of. It's nice, shiny, squeaky clean and very informative. So I'll let you know how to participate, where to listen, where to follow, all that stuff. So if you're uh, hopefully uh, an advocate of the show, you can just tell anybody and everybody who wants to uh, listen to some good tunes to go to nearperfectpitch.com and then they can then in turn find out whether they can, uh, well, whether they uh, wish to participate through iTunes, through, uh, through Google Play through um, Podbean, TuneIn, or through ckcufm.com 93.1 here in Ottawa, Canada, where I record the programme. I'm sitting in the studio now, and um, I'm about to play you a load of songs. I'm going to kick things off this week. I'll let you know. We're not going to go right, right into it, but we're going to kick things off uh, with a band that's been defunct for the past uh, dozen years or so that uh, I really did like at the time, uh, called Astrid, uh, and Astrid have three studio records. They hail from Glasgow and uh, uh, from uh, the Hebrides uh, originally. We're going to hear something from their uh, debut record, Strange Weather Lately from 1999, uh, the first of three records there, Play Dead in 2001, and uh, One in Four, which was their last record released in 2004. Um, I hope you listened to last week's show, episode 27. If you didn't, please uh, go back and revisit it because we had a wonderful uh, chit-chat uh, interview with Ed Blaney to talk about his new record uh, under uh, the artist named Blaney called Urban Nature and uh, Ed uh, being the manager of The Fall, um, uh, being the, the chap who puts on the Salford Music Festival on an annual basis, own production company, record label, etc, etc. Very interesting stuff. Similarly, this week, uh, really, really happy to be talking uh, to the flatmates. Yes, the flatmates. I'll tell you more about that uh, uh, forthcoming in in the next little while. Um, new release-wise, I'm very happy to get something uh, from a friend of mine who uh, used to operate under uh, the artistic name of Sheer Taft, and then Sheer. I'm talking about uh, the Method One, and we're going to be hearing uh, something new uh, uh, from uh, Sheer Taft Method One uh, coming up later in the programme. Going to hear some stuff uh, from relatively new stuff from from uh, Duke Spirit. Um, what else? Oh, Essential Wax of the Week this week is uh, is HMS Fable by Shaq. You are in for a treat if you have no idea who Shaq are or, or where they came from and what they're composed of. Wonderful stuff. I'm uh, going to hear some, uh, what else, new releases. Yeah, we did manage to get to a couple of things last week, so I'm going to be playing uh, some High Town Pirates for you in as much as I'm going to be playing uh, some uh, relatively new stuff by Manchester's Cabbage, some new stuff by Hurry from uh, Philadelphia, and, of course, uh, some Flatmates material, our usual cover version of the week. It's just a good programme. Stay tuned and enjoy yourselves. I didn't know what to say I'm not deep and 
It's a little bit Depeche Modi. It's a little bit Cabaret Voltaire. That is uh, The Great Commandment by Camouflage, a uh, German synth-pop uh, duo. And that came out in 1988, did rather well. Reached number one in uh, the sort of indie dance charts uh, at the time. And uh, I'd, I've, I've always loved it, and I just completely forgot about it. So I was reminded of it this week, so I thought I'd uh, share it with you. We're going to stay kind of EU-ish, because coming up next, 
We're going to be hearing uh, uh, some more from uh, another favourite of mine, Fanfarlo, a London-based outfit that uh, started off in Sweden. And uh, their, their four albums strong into their career. We're going to hear something off their first record. We're going to hear uh, Comets uh, in, in a, little, a little while. And before we heard um, Camouflage, we heard Astrid. And uh, all the records that came out on this wonderful label called uh, Fantastic Plastic were packaged very, very nicely. A lot of uh, care and attention went into their packaging. One of those uh, labels where you wanted to, to own just about everything they put out. They went to extreme lengths to, uh, uh, to provide you value for money. So in keeping with our uh, EU theme, we're going to hear some fanfarlo. Don't forget to... Uh, be in touch, nearperfectpitch@gmail.com, where you can uh, insult me, compliment me, ask for stuff, uh, suggest stuff, all that usual. Ca- uh, sorry, all that usual caper. Here we go.
the Sweeney son and we haven't had any dinner you've kept us waiting so unless you want a kick and you tell us where those photographs are <laughs>
Shat it, you slag. That's the filthy three. And that is a tune entitled We're the Sweeney. That's from 1998. Uh, and um, legend has it that the, the Jaguar on the cover, uh, as featured as their token getaway car, is as supplied by one Noel Gallagher. Again, the filthy three with their uh, tribute to uh, the best police cop show in history. Um Closely followed, I think, by, um, in that genre, uh, the professionals. Um, so I'm dating myself, especially to those of you that are listening in the UK. Um, and before that, the actual theme tune to The Sweeney, um, which came out on Sanctuary Records uh, in a wonderfully bundled CD package that I paid stupid money for in about uh, 2001. So it's the music of The Sweeney. And um, that time in my life... Um, I was having a happy childhood. I had a happy childhood, thankfully, thanks to my parents. And um, I live next door to a, a family who I've reconnected with in, in, uh, in the last few years. And the gentleman concerned who I'm dedicating uh, the, the proper theme tune of the Sweeney to is, uh, is John Dargie Sr., uh, a man who uh, just fueled my love of football. And uh, with his two sons and the neighbourhood lads, we'd have a kickabout just about every night down the lo- local park he being the resident adult to look after us all. And uh, I often harp back to those days with uh, with great fondness. And I understand that uh, that John Senior is in uh, Leicester General, but is bearing up. So uh, that was for you, sir. And uh, 
we're thinking of you. And uh, to start off that hat trick of uh, tunes, we had uh, Fanfarlo, fourth track off their first, first, their first LP, their first LP uh, entitled uh, Comets, and the first LP is entitled Reservoir. And just to remind you, we had some camouflage and some Astrid. Before that, uh, I've told a bit of a falsehood. Uh, I've unwittingly left my uh, Duke Spirit record uh, somewhere, kitchen table, office, don't know where it is. So I'll uh, I'll just bump that uh, to next week. I know no one, no one's going to be crying over it, but uh, just wanted to let you know in case uh, there were some pedantic people out there. Um, Sheer Taft from from Greenock, top top man, uh, hasn't to released. A record for for quite some time, and I uh, was delighted to receive um, a, a lovely version. Uh, well, four lovely versions of some of the work he is uh, is currently uh, about to release uh, under the under the new name of the Method One. So uh, this is essentially Thomas Taft, and here's a song which uh, I do like an awful lot. It's uh, it's called Twenty First Century Fox, and it is not written about me. <laughs>
got some north side for you. A blast from the proverbial past of Baggy on Factory Records, uh, specifically FAC 310. That's uh, from Chicken Rhythms, and that's uh, one of the singles off the album called My Rising Star. And uh, that particular uh, uh, tune, the instrumental aspects of it uh, were used on uh, Granada's uh, football uh, roundup. Uh, program i forget what it was called actually but it was uh, at one point it was presented by elton wellsby i seem to remember anyway that was north side and before we heard uh, north side we heard a belter from uh, the uh, latest uh, rendition of uh, thomas taft um we uh, heard 21st century fox by uh, his new outfit entitled the method one and that is uh, fantastic i can't wait to hear uh, some more material i've got three more tracks actually to share with you and i'll uh, hopefully get to those over the next uh, little while as well and I will keep you posted as to uh, the happenings from the world of, of Thomas Taft. Um, stay tuned. We've got some new releases to get to. We've got uh, our essential wax, uh, which this week is Shaq's HMS Fable. We have got uh, Tinterweb Time, the uh, the obligatory fall R track, and a tremendous interview with uh, the flatmates at the end of the programme. I'll be talking to uh, Steph and, uh, and Martin from from the band so uh, lots to look forward to including this we haven't played uh, this i don't think for an awful awful long long time the trouble with your brother is always sleeping with your mother and i know that your sister missed her time again this month am i talking too fast You the one with your rats and the ties and the knives on the town. The doctors, we 
beaten for a test You're trying to look like some kind of heiress But your face is such a mess And now you're going to a party
that's LA-based French outfit M83 from uh, their sixth LP called Hurry Up, We're Dreaming. That is a track called Steve McQueen, and a good one at that, isn't it? And before that, uh, on Gift Records, uh, that's Pulp, one of the, the singles that did rather well before they became Big Time Charlies on uh, on Island Records. And I'm just trying to figure out what year that was. Yeah, that was 1993, and that's, uh, that's Razzmatazz that we heard from the single, not from the LP. I actually put the single in today, in case you care. Um, and up next... Beatlemania, new fast automatic daffodils.
that's the quite super super furry animals from their second LP, their second of nine studio LPs, uh, Radiator, which came out on Creation Records in 1997. She's got Spies, that is a beauty. And uh, from uh, 1992, prior to that, from uh, their second of three studio records, that's New Fast Automatic Daffodils, New Fads, if you like, from uh, Body Exit Mind on Plate, again, Sam Records. And before that, as a reminder, we heard Steve McQueen by M83, named after some cosmic uh, constellation or galaxy or something like that, I seem to remember. Um, 11 songs in, an hour in, so why not? It's time for our obligatory for our track. There were two Librans set on a hill.
to the left, back to the GBL.
are together Mistaken for a vision Something of my own creation I wake up alone With only daylight between us Last night the world was beneath us Tonight comes too long Were we torn apart By the break of day You're more than I can believe Whatever come my way X, the double X, whatever you choose to address them by. That's a single from their second LP entitled uh, Coexist uh, from 2013, and the name of the track, uh, if you hadn't already guessed, was uh, Fiction. And a request prior to that from Phil in Chicago. Um, he wanted to hear some placebo, uh, and specifically he wanted to hear uh, the placebo track Bruise Pristine. So I played the album version of that from uh, their debut on uh, Caroline Records. And um, when did that come out? When did that come out? 96? Oh, I don't know. Let's say 96 for sake of argument, shall we? And and before we heard uh, our chums uh, placebo, we heard two Librans by the fall, our obligatory fall, our track of the week, and that uh, hails from uh, the Cog Sinister release from 2000, uh, The Unutterable. And again, that was two Librans. So we're uh, nearly halfway through the programme, and we've got uh, an interview with the flatmates to look forward to at the end of the programme. We've got our uh, album feature, our Essential Wax feature, which uh, we'll get to before the end of the programme, which will be featuring Shaq, HMS Fable. 
an essential component of any decent record collection. And um, some new releases too, a few more to get to before the end of the programme. Next, this is a song that uh, I had on the headphones as I brought in 2017, the new year, officially. And I thought it was a rather good way. Let me quit the chase 
Take your hand and love 
for a while they were touted as being uh, the new Smiths or the new The Smiths. Um, that's No Man, formerly uh, No Man is an Island, and that's from an EP on Hidden Art Records that came out in 2003. Uh, the EP was called All That You Are, and that's the title track from that EP. That's a gorgeous, gorgeous bit of music, that is. Again, No Man, No Hyphen Man, go out and get some of their gear. Uh, give it time, The Wooden Tops, Roland McGinty, uh, from his first record. And uh, that seems like it was released yesterday, but uh, that was out on Rough Trade Records, I believe, in uh, in 1986. And it's still as good now as it ever was. And that's the song that I brought in this new year in with Aunt Headphones. And um, what else? Let me see if I can uh, catch you up a bit more here. Oh, yeah. We had uh, the XX, the double X before that with, uh, with Fiction. So... Once upon a time in suburban Manchester, there was a band from Burnage. Burnage being the uh, the uh, the place where Oasis uh, hailed from. And uh, I'll even read you a little quote here, actually, from from certain Noel uh, Noel Gallagher. Um, when it came uh, to uh, listening to music, he said, "I started to get into music early on because all the older guys that live around our way were in a band from Burnage called the Stockholm Monsters." Um, I'll get more into this. Uh, they were the first band ever to come from Burnage, and I think that they had a hit with a song called Fairy Tales. Um, he was right, uh, Noel was, and he continues to say, from that you get into Joy Division, New Order, and then it was the Smiths, and then the Roses, and then the Mondays, and then you start your own band. So, perhaps, uh, the Stockholm Monsters were uh, indirectly, passively responsible for Noel um, picking up a guitar and writing some songs and, uh, and doing us all a favour. Essentially, so they, they have this record that came out in 1981, a single called uh, "Call Fairy Tale" on uh, on Factory Records. Uh, their material is really hard to find, being that initially it was all out on vinyl. Um, but there've been two two uh, reissues um, which uh, have captured all of their work. One of which is uh, entitled "Stockholm uh, Monsters." Uh, all at once. That's the singles from '81 to '87, and then there's another one called the Alma Mater, which is uh, all their other songs, which uh, originally did come out in '84 on Factory, but it's been rebundled, repackaged with extra tracks. So you're not going to miss a trick when it comes to uh, the Stockholm Monsters. So if you're wondering how they sound, here we go.
razor cuts. I heard you the first time, and that's a dedication to uh, Petter and all the lads and uh, anyone to do with uh, Tinselhart out there in Malmo, Sweden. Hope all things are well with you lads out there. And before that, we heard the first single by Stockholm Monsters called uh, Fairy Tale. Uh, Burnages, suburban Manchester's Stockholm Monsters. A lot of Swedish uh, stuff going on this week, isn't there? And before that, we heard uh, the beautiful pop sensibilities of, of No Man uh, with All That You Are. And this particular track that we heard by uh, Razor Cuts was released in 87. And I think it was the only release that they had on, on Flying Nun Records, uh, the UK arm of the uh, New Zealand label. So that's some uh, entirely uh, trivial and useless information for you. And uh, I, think, I think we've now reached a time and a point in the programme whereby... I reckon it's Tinterweb time. Um, Tinterweb time is my weekly shufty look, butcher's hook, at a website that I think will pique your interest, being that you are music fans. Um, And I stumbled upon this, this particular week, and uh, it's frankly brilliant. It's uh, it's called Kerismatic, so I'm assuming that uh, Keris is is Welsh and that she's put this uh, site together, but Kerismatic Factory, so C-E-R-Y, S-M-A-T-I-C factory dot info slash index dot php these uh, URLs and anything that has to pertain to a band or a band camp page or a Facebook page or or a pledge music page, they'll all be in the notes for for the programmes. Every week I I make sure that all the pertinent URLs or any links are are there for you so that you don't have to be scribbling stuff down as you're listening to the programme. So you click that site, right? Click button with mouse, and um, what you're going to see is a wonderfully put-together page that uh, highlights all that is factory records, the Hacienda, and anything to do with, with the factory brand, wordmark, etc. And it's an absolutely wonderful um let's say, repository library uh, when it's got subject matter in the uh, the title navbar, including hacienda, designers, um, events, film, edifices, uh, TV. So this person has diligently put together a ton of factory music, Manchester-related uh, uh, content, and shared it with you. And it seems to me that they're not making a, a penny off this this site. So visit it and support it and uh, have a little look around. And um, it's in keeping with what we did last week, uh, last week uh, during the show. We were featuring Peter Savile's work. And of course, some of Peter Savile's work will appear in uh, in this uh, this factory aggregated site here. So do have a look at it. Kerismaticfactory.info. Have a a look, and uh, I'll have something new for you next week to uh, to have a little poke around with. And um, I think we're going to play a couple of tracks before we get to um, our album feature this week, the Essential Wax feature, uh, which in this uh, case is HMS Fable by Shaq. Here's some cabbage. <laughs> Yeah. 
went from a charismatic as a website to a charis uh, from uh, from Catatonia, and that's a single from when the heck was that? From International Velvet, the LP that was released in uh, 1998, and again. Road Rage by uh, Catatonia. Before that, um, b- after we heard the uh, the Tinterweb uh, site of the week, we uh, we heard a song called uh, Kevin by Manchester's Cabbage from the Le Chou EP. And Le Chou, with my really pants French accent, means you know, I think it means cabbage, isn't it? C H O U. Anyway, it's uh, it's new as of uh, as of last year, and I wanted to bring something to your attention that. If you want to have a, a bit of a laugh and add them to your uh, Twitter feed, add them as A H Cabbage, and um, they've been uh, they've been uh, receiving some acclaim from uh, from the media, uh, the, the music media, and those that claim to know what they're uh, talking about. And in this instance, uh, the Sun. And if you're not familiar with uh, the hierarchy and the history of uh, the Red Top in the UK, uh, the Sun it's essentially um, a rag with no ethics, morals. Uh, they are an abhorrent publication, and uh, these these uh, these folk at the Sun uh, thought that they'd uh, give give uh, Cabbage a leg up and give them a good review. To which uh, they replied, "The Sun championed us as a top tip for 2017." What effing morons. Read into the lyrics, and you'll find how much we despise your odious backward nationalism. Tory sucking blink blink shipness. This is your media. They pay no attention to what is real. They exploit every oh sorry, they exploit every single one of you and affect the way you think. Everyone has a member of of, uh, of uh, family or a friend affected by this awful repeated propaganda. It's a crime. Don't buy the sun. Don't even walk past it without burning it or spitting on it. They they try to tell you what to think and harass true visionaries, artists, and anyone who stands up to this effing web of hate and profit. Murdoch, i.e. Rupert Murdoch, will lead us into the world demise, and for what? Money and power. So they've made their stance abundantly clear, and fair play to them. Absolutely pillaring uh, the sun in that uh, tweet, and you can find that all over Tinterweb if you want to uh, read it again, uh, because I didn't do an awfully good job, did I? So, we heard some catatonia, now it's time to champion another outfit, um, High Time Pirates. I've played a lot of the stuff uh, that I've received thus, thus far from Simon Mason, who was on the show uh, quite a few months ago, uh, and uh, one, of the, one of the best interviews uh, I've ever had in, in terms of just him being thoroughly interesting and, and, uh, and the man about town. Um, anyway, High Time Pirates is is up for uh, for pledging. Um, source it. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Sorry, I'm difficulty talking this week for some reason. Uh, I'm going to get you the URL. So upon uh, hearing the song, I will inform you how to uh, uh, to to lend your support and, and buy the record as well. So this is off the uh, the Just for Today single, which was uh, uh, released just a few weeks ago, just prior to Christmas, and it's called Perfect Strangers. <laughs>
penis size and cars. They're related, aren't they? Um, that is uh, a band called Supermodel, and that is a single from, I'm trying to remember, I think that's 1995, yes, I believe it is, on, on Fire Records. And before we heard uh, the chaps from Supermodel, we heard uh, High Time Pirates, which is essentially Simon Mason's new band. And if you go to pledgemusic.com slash project slash Hightown hyphen pirates hyphen dry hyphen and hyphen high. So you're going to be looking for High Time Pirates and their release, Dry and High. And as I go to the page right now in real time, 26% of the goal, 45 days left. And uh, I've become um, very friendly with, with Simon for the, for the sole reason that he is a very giving, uh, wonderful chap who uh, we just uh, struck a chord and I'll do anything and everything I can to help him with this record. I'll read you uh, the bio on, uh, on the, uh, the page here. Uh, pledge. It says, the making of Dry and High has been a journey, and in many ways, it is only just beginning. I have always written songs, but it's only over the past few years that they have come into focus. I wrote my memoir, Too High, Too Far, Too Soon, so that's what we talked about a lot in the interview when uh, when we when we spoke uh, some months ago, which was well received and performed, and I performed it as a one-man show both in London and on tour around the UK. Earlier in 2016, I found myself on the road with the Libertines and was then asked by Pete uh, Doherty to be a part of his Eudaimonia tour, reading extracts from his book, uh, blogs and uh, performing songs. The songs proved to be an integral part uh, and after one of the shows, he got a phone call, and he'll never forget it. He says, from someone offering to pay for studio time to record an album. The fact that it became reality still feels like a bit of a dream, but the reaction to the song so far is recognition enough that I, that I and the musicians involved have created something very special, and we want people to hear it. Well, I concur. I think that the music is, is singularly unique. It's, 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 a wonderful, uh, it's a wonderful blend, and uh, I'm going to be playing more and more from it. Uh, I'm going to beat you into submission to, in, until you buy this record. Um, the album will be available here on CD, i.e. at the pledge page, and vinyl, and comes alongside a range of things we've put together, including a range of merchandise, special experiences, including an intimate home gig, and uh, Simon taking you on a walking tour around parts of East London that served as additional inspiration for the writing of some of these songs. By pre-ordering the album, not only will you be contributing to the mastering, production and promotion of the album, but you'll also be giving, uh, you'll also be receiving uh, access to exclusive behind-the-scenes uh, updates as the journey continues and uh, as they prepare to get out and support it with live shows. So that is all you need to know about High Town, uh, High Town Pirates. I'm having a tremendously difficult time enunciating things today. I don't know why. Maybe it's I've had a, 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 a busy week. Busy week. Start a new job and uh, perhaps my mind's elsewhere. Shouldn't be, but perhaps it is. Anyway, High Town Pirates. Go out and buy that record. And before we heard uh, Perfect Strangers by High Town Pirates, we heard uh, uh, Carice Matthews and uh, Catatonia with the Road Rage preceded by Cabbage's Kevin. There you go. So we're really, really up to date and uh, unwittingly there's more content from Sweden.
every day I see my name, I say, yeah, you know what, I was there, I bonded. It's a matter, it's for me, it's not for nobody else to see. I don't care, I don't care about nobody else seeing it. All these other people who don't write, they're excluded. I don't care about them. You know, they don't matter to me. It's for us.
all of the times we'd cross the street We'd rather laugh than grieve Honestly, it's the foregone comedy And you know the walks we'd try to make You know it's never changed Honestly, it's the long lost comedy Lying in the seasons Fifty million lovers Sitting at the doubles Fifty million reasons Lying in the seasons socks off quite like HMS Fable did when it was released on August 31st 1999 by Shaq 
I'm going to get into a lot more detail with regards to Shaq, but before I do, I'll let you know that before we heard um, the lead track from HMS Fable, comedy, uh, we heard uh, the radio department from Lund in Sweden, and that's a single from their 2010 Clinging to a Scheme LP, which is their third of four uh, LPs to date, and we heard a song called Never Follow Suit. So I, I seem to be doing a good job for the, the Swedish uh, arts and repertoire uh, institution here. Um, and that was completely uh, done by uh, Complete Fluke. Just happened to have a lot of Swedish content this week, which is which is always a good thing, isn't it, really? Anyway, back to Shaq. Who are Shaq? You may well ask. Well, if you uh, are as old as I am, you will, uh, even if you didn't buy it, you will you will know of a band called uh, The Pale Fountains. Now, The Pale Fountains were a, a kind of a culty band in, uh, in, in the 80s. And uh, they released two records, uh, Pacific Street in 84 and uh, From Across the Kitchen Table in, uh, in 1985. So they teased a lot of us with some really, really good songwriting. Essentially, Mick Head uh, and his brother John Head, um, just a genius. Uh, they're, they're both very adept, of course, but, but Mick in particular is just, uh, he's touted by many in the know as being the greatest songwriter in the UK at the moment. And uh, needless to say, that's pretty bloody high praise. So Shaq, uh, they, they re-emerged very soon after the demise of uh, the Pale Fountains as uh, a band called Shaq. And they released a record uh, called Zilch, which was released on uh, on Ghetto uh, uh, Records, which was uh, home to all Ian Brody stuff. And Ian Brody uh, did a lot of uh, a lot of production aside from his own Lightning Seeds projects there. So I, I love that record. And then not an awful lot happened after that because uh, their follow-up record was recorded in the early 90s and uh, the recording studio that it was recorded in, in Lincolnshire burnt, uh, burnt to a crisp uh, and there was only one uh, Dat Master floating around and it took uh, a long, long time before it was eventually released uh, on uh, the German label Marina and it was released in 95, so Water Pistol did see light of day, and uh, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous album in keeping with everything that uh, Michael Head has touched in his career. Um, after that, he has, uh, he's got two projects, really. He's had Michael Head and The Strands uh, with, uh, with his brother John, uh, and also he's got a current project, which is Michael Head and the Red Elastic Band. So I'm uh, including that URL to, uh, uh, to, to Mick Head's uh, site, michaelhead.net, and then you can just sign up and, and uh, keep touch with everything and anything and uh, Shacknet as well is a wonderful site and uh, they're forever trawling through the annals uh, and uh, being a and sorry and releasing uh, new unheard material or stuff that you knew existed that you didn't have and uh, by and large they're releasing that uh, material uh, in in, uh, in a free capacity which is lovely so anyway I've talked a lot about it the album itself is uh, it's a 12 tracker and we heard uh, a song called Comedy, which was one of the singles taken off the record. As I say, 12 tracks in all. And um, it was released on London Records. Now, I've got uh, the promo copy here in my hand, so I can't uh, really appreciate uh, uh, having the other copy in my hand, which has all the delightful artwork on it as well. We'll talk about their uh, their output uh, Shack. They they had, as I said, the, the the initial release called Zilch. Then Water Pistol came out, and then this release, HMS Fable, came out in uh, in '99, as I mentioned on on, on London Records. Um, subsequent to that, here's Tom with the Weather came out in 2003, and that was on uh, North Country Records, and then on Sour Mash Records, which is uh, so Noel, Gall- Noel Gallagher has got got a hand in that, I still believe. Uh, on the corner of Miles and Gill came out in 2006, and also another version of uh, HMS Fable did 
come out uh, with uh, different versions and uh, demos, etc. Which actually, two, two or three of the versions were better than the ones, in, in my opinion, that made uh, that made the, the final cut on HMS Fable. Anyway, we're going to do another song now, which to me is uh, is my favourite on, on on the record, and I have played this song into submission many many times. Cornish Town. Because once he changed in Island Gale And in Dingleland's as far As Connemara And somehow you found that strange Is enough to understand It's just a different land It's like you say Close your in accordance with a song that says come on what was wrong with the choice you made if I don't want to set it down in a Cornish town and what was wrong with love that came well nothing to be true was too It's like you say Close your eyes And come and cross my street And I will take you there If you will come with me But there's an accordance with a song That says come it says come on It says come on That says come on la, la, la. What am I? What am I? What am I? What am I? It says what am I? What am I? What am I?
That is an incredible tune. That is Cornish Town by Shaq, and that is uh, song number 10 of 12 on HMS Fable, released in 1999, and that was penned by uh, Brother John, John Head, and uh, him singing on that as well. An absolute beauty. And if I can just sell one copy of this record by somebody out there buying it, it makes me happy. It really, really does. And uh, the last time Shaq uh, uh, appeared live in any capacity was in 2010, I believe, at uh, a charity gig in, in, in Winsford. And... Um, Mix, as I mentioned, is uh, is out and about with his Red Elastic Band, so you can sign up and get all his updates uh, through that URL, which I'll uh, include in the show notes. And uh, John uh, is still out there with a band that he has together called The Streams right now. So uh, you can also source John's solo material as well as Mix. And uh, I was right in saying that it was Shacknet. That's the site that uh, has a load and a load of free uh, past material on there, shacknet.co. So I hope that I have uh, encouraged some of you to go out and buy a record that is uh, is a game changer. It really is an unbelievable record. So there you have it. That is uh, a nice cross-section of this week's Essential Wax in the shape of uh, HMS Fable by Shaq.
sounding more like they're from Glasgow as opposed to Philadelphia. That is Hurry from their latest release. And as I try and take my glasses off to focus what I've written on the monitor here, I can tell you what it's called because I haven't put it to memory yet. Ah, it's called Guided Meditation. I did know that. I've been prescribed uh, trifocals for my glasses and I, and I like to have these little glasses little lenses, not these Deirdre Barlow windscreens that people are wearing nowadays. Um, so I have to forever be taking them on and off uh, because I've only got the one prescription. Anyway, all that aside, Hurry, great, great band. That is new stuff uh, from late last year on Lame-O Records. And as I mentioned, that's called Guided Meditation. The song's called Nothing to Say, and they're a band called Hurry, hurry.bandcamp.com. That is the place to go to procure all of their material. It's interview time. It's, it's feature, feature artist time. And uh, delighted, chuffed, made up this week to be talking to the flatmates. Could it be that's driving me insane? 
jingly-jangly Bristolian brilliance. That's The Flatmates, and that is a single called Heaven Knows from October 1988, reached number 10 in uh, in, in the indie charts, and that's on the Subway Organisation records from Bristol. So who are these people? The wonderful, wonderful flatmates. They uh, they uh, were a part of the scene, a very, very uh, integral part of the scene. At least I seem to think so. In uh, the mid-80s, they, they uh, formed in 85 and had a series of singles, starting with uh, 86 as I Could Be in Heaven, then uh, Happy All the Time, uh, reached number three uh, in uh, in the indie charts, fantastic. And then uh, they had a really good spell um, in 87 and 88, whereby the subsequent single, You're Gonna Cry, reached number five. They nearly, nearly made uh, the number one slot on two occasions in uh, 1988 with, uh, with Shimmer. Uh, and then the Janice Long Sessions came out after that. Uh, and then at the end of the year, October, as I mentioned, Heaven Knows came out. And then the band essentially disappeared, disbanded, um, with no full-length record under their belt. So, and then the band re-arrived in 2013 with a vengeance. They arrived with uh, the You Held My Heart single, which uh, is going to be featured as the third and last song that I play at the end of the programme. And then in August 2015, the double A-side, uh, double uh, cover versions of When You Were Mine by Prince and uh, Comedian, Comedienne, as done by Cinerama, which is David Gedge's uh, project when he is not uh, Mr. Mr. Wedding present. Um, we're going to be hearing uh, When You Were Mine next. Uh, stay tuned because we're going to be chatting to the flatmates after this track. When you were mine I gave you all of my money Time after time But you did me wrong It was just like a dream You let all my friends come over and meet You were so strange You didn't have a decency to change the sheet
Paisley Park, done all jingle jangle indie style. That is uh, the flatmates with uh, their cover version of uh, the Prince tune. So now it's time to talk to them. Stay tuned. I'll be back to wrap it up after this. Hello. I'm really, really hoping that this is the flatmates. This is Rocket, yeah, all right. Hey, nice, thank you. Sorry about all those technical difficulties. I, I, I probably could have landed the space shuttle sooner. I've no idea what was going on. But uh, lovely to be talking to you. How are things? Yeah, no problem, uh, yeah, fine. Yeah, you're obviously just talking to me rather than Martin. Uh, it was in, we were trying to get Martin on the group chat. Yes, I was, I was endeavouring to get as many of you as possible on the group chat, but for some reason, and I don't know why, because I usually, most all my interviews are, I, I do through the Facebook interface, but for some reason today it just wasn't cooperating. But um, it's okay. It's just, an, it's just another variation of a theme. So um, how, are right. things, how, how are things out your way? Yeah, not bad at all. A bit cold, you know. <laughs> well, don't talk to me about cold. You clearly don't know where I live. So, oh, I, yeah, Canada, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, so we, we could compare notes, but uh, it would be futile, I think. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so, so myself, along with legions of other people, are obviously very happy at, your, uh, at the reformation of the band. And, um, you know, nearly 25 years is quite a lengthy hiatus. And to the other... Well, we... Go ahead, Rocket. Martin carried on writing songs. Yes. Um, even after the, uh, you know, the Flatmates, after Debbie left the Flatmates, is when they really split in about 91. Yeah. Um, but it was about, it was over 10 years ago, Martin got back to me with, and he had some new demos. Yes. And we decided we'd reform the band, but we couldn't get a singer Debbie to do it. So it then took a few years to find a new singer. Yes. So the band was kind of still going through, through most of that hiatus, really, but on a, very, on, a, on a back burner. Yeah, yeah, I can appreciate that. I mean, I know you didn't sort of dissolve and then disappear, but, you know, th- that leads me to sort of one of my questions, which you've already sort of half answered, is is how did you come to recruit Lisa? So needless to say, it was a lengthy process to find the right person. So that took... Yeah, I, I, I do a... a I put gigs on, I do Sandaline Radio, I'm a DJ. Yeah. Um, Radio. Um, uh, Lisa was actually the girlfriend of the bass player of a friend's band. So the, ba- the Manhattan Love Suicide. Yes. With a contact. And then when I found Lisa did her solo stuff, I heard her play a gig, solo gig, and she was just done. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, so just to fill in the gaps, because I'm trying to sort of. Uh, fill the fill the blanks in in terms of the chronology because if 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 some of the listenership, as I know, have been fans since since day one, that first of all it means that they're a as old as I am, and b <laughs> and b also pro- probably fumbling to um, just sort of uh, get an idea of what's been going on because the last two singles. Um, I'm not saying, and I don't mean this in a, in a derogatory way at all, but they arrived with a bit of a whimper. Um, there wasn't there wasn't really much pomp and circumstance around. Yeah, we haven't. We have We certainly don't have a massive publicity machine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't, didn't suspect you'd hide Sachi and Sachi, but it was just one of those things. Like me as a fan, I was embarrassed to not have um, um, found your newer newest material right at the time it was coming out. So I sort of stumbled upon the two singles last year, um, about about a, about a year ago, and of course delighted to hear them. But um, 
obviously wondering if there's more. So, so again, this interview is going to be a combination of preaching to the initiated and also educating people as to the flatmates who've never heard of you. So with, with, with the spate of singles that came out in the 80s, and I remember working in a record shop in London at the time and, um, and, the, and, the, and the last single of the time making it to a, to, to a CD single and then poof, there was, there was a disappearance. And then anybody who wanted your material, so to the, to the uninitiated, um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but there were six singles, I think, prior to uh, the disband. That's right. Yeah, prior to the disbanding. Yeah, and then, and I, then I was on three of those. Yes, yeah, you you were on half of those. That's right. And and so posthumously, there, there were two compilations that came out. So they're they're the two aggregators of all your work to date, save for the last two singles. Now, yes. the selfish contingent amongst us, myself included, uh, we've got wind, of course, that we know that you're recording new material. Um, um, wondering if you're still on track for a a debut We've got for an LP. There's an LP in the can. It's, so it's in the can. It's it's, it's post production. It's done, is it? It is. The, the, the audio is all done. There's no artwork yet and no label yet. Okay. Well, that that's a very leading leading answer there because, of course, I was my next thing is to ask. So, was it recorded over the course of 2016, or were there even uh, even uh, more input prior to that? No, since, since, uh, since 20, we worked on it for about two years, 2014 to 2016. Right, and, and um, where did you record the, the record? It's in my studio at home. Okay, so great, so you had complete control over that. So in terms of yeah. uh, production, it was all in-house? Yeah, it's, it's lo-fi and it's how we like it. Good, good. No, I'm, I'm glad that you said that, because I, I would have been surprised if you'd handed over uh, the button twiddling to, to, to somebody else. Yes, I mean we we might we consider doing that, but we thought we'd try it. And um, you see, I record a lot of bad for my show. Well, well, you now have you now have proof of concept, so you you can forge ahead from now on in uh, taking care of your own works. Yes. So so when, yes, when, sorry to sorry to keep interrupting you, but um, just a bit of a bad line. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, the, the subway organisation label. Um, yes. Is is that a, 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 an option for you or or not? Is it possibly because well, that, that's Martin's own label. And I'll yes. give you Martin's number. I'll give you Martin's number in a second, so he can carry on the interview after you've spoken to me. Yeah. Oh well, sure, sure. Unless you can jump on your yeah. phone if he's right next to you. Depends. Is so, he... so he Martin ran Subway until in nineteen ninety one on those those last two flatmate singles. They put a load of money into them yeah. to promote them and film videos and all of that. And, of course, they didn't actually sell yes. very many. <laughs> and so he lost a lot of money. And basically, the, the label went under. And so all of the back catalogue was owned for a while by the distribution company, by Michael. Yes. And so that's, it was Bible that put those compilations out. Okie dokie, because... So, and the compilations repaid the money, basically. Oh, well, that, <laughs> that's good. Well, I'm glad they served a purpose other than filling in the blanks, because, I mean, I, I, I wondered what had happened to Subway Organisation, because I'm not even sure if Local... Yeah. Is, is Local Underground as a label still going? That's, local Underground is me, yes, that's yeah. right. So on my label, which, which only started off about five years ago. Yeah. Uh, well, ten years ago, but mainly on giveaway CDs, whereas... It's only about four or five years ago we started actually putting records and things out. Yes. 
And we we kind of we might put the album out on our, one of our labels, but you need the machine of the publicity and you know the things that a bigger label could give us. Well, absolutely. I was, I was going to this is kind of a, a leading question as well because uh, many bands I interview who have. Uh, typically gone through the old music uh, music industry machine that the model of old um, many yeah. are op- many are opting for uh, the crowdfunding uh, variations be it bandcamp or pledge or, or, or other derivatives yeah, is, that's is that right yes yeah bandcamp's good but it, it's getting to a new audience we need to do really well yes well preaching to the converted is one thing of course and then of course you've got to get radio plays so you've got to start employing the services of Janice Long and et al again to, to get them yes to get them on your side. So, yeah, I, I can see that with you too because those that are fans are, there's, a, there's an element of rediscovery and, and happiness in, in knowing that there's new material, but to to, to reach out to a, a newer audience, there's not the enemy and, and, and sounds and, and uh, the usual vehicles uh, that would have been nice to... Well, God bless him, there's no Peely, yeah. So you've got to, you've got to rely upon uh, an amalgamated aggregate of, of people like me to hopefully help you over the line, but... It's a, it's a daunting prospect, and, and it is for any band um, to, to, to break even and, and, goodness knows, even make any money at all, which would be nice. Uh, yes, absolutely. The other, the other problem we now have is that our singer, Lisa, has moved back to Sweden. Oh, excuse me, but bugger, I can say <laughs> that on the radio. Yeah, I, I... Yes, she is Swedish, and she was living in London for a for a couple of years, but she's now moved back to Sweden, so we can still play gigs, but it has to be, <laughs> there's a lot more uh, planning. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so you've got to have this military-like precision to to to, uh, to, to go gigging. Now, wh- yeah. wh- whereabouts is she in Sweden? She's in Karlsham, which is the very southern tip of Sweden. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So I think her nearest airport is Malmö. Yeah, I was going to say, is the closest city. I just interviewed a band from Malmö a few weeks ago, actually, called Tinselhart, and and I mean, I know oh, that I you. Show, yeah, yeah well, they're a great, great bunch of lads. Um, and oh, this is oh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, they'll be delighted to hear that. I'm sure because they're massive fans of yours. I think yourselves and the razor, razor cuts are top of their list. <laughs> Excellent. And that's oh, not. I'll have to them, yeah. That is not bad taste at all. In actual fact, after this, I'll uh, I'll I'll send you uh, Peter's uh, coordinates so you can uh, so you can uh, talk you can talk jingle jangle to each other. Cool. Which would be nice. Yeah, so I was going to say, Sweden, just as a, as a, as a, a side, um, I, I, re- I pre-recorded the, the podcast and I'll drop this interview in, which is what I always do, but um, a lot of Swedish content that uh, I'm just realising without actually having devoted much time and thought to it, aside from Spotify, uh, Sweden's uh, single biggest export is, isn't Volvo, is music at the moment. Yeah, there's a lot of bands, a lot of good bands from Sweden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we've talked. So we talked about Lisa and uh, and, and her <laughs> moving back. So she's going to have to start recording. Uh... Yeah, she's she's got. Um, she's in another band as well in Sweden now. So oh. Her, as well as us. Crikey. Okay, so this is great because I feel like a little bit of a historian here because I'm trying to piece things together in the hopes that everyone that's listening at the end of the interview will say. Oh, that's what they've been doing. They've been doing. Oh, that's what we can expect for them. So that's great. So, so, so to rewind a little bit, the album's in the can, but there's no there's no master plan as to how to release it because you've got to get that marketing machine behind you that uh, would be ideal. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So there's there's new material coming out, and I'm not going to push you on that because um, listening to 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 well, whether you call it potpourri or potpourri. Uh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and love and death, 
it's wonderful. Yeah. But but new repertoire be wonderful. Let's talk about that. Well, well, it's it's the truth. Let's talk about the singles if you don't mind. Um, the, uh, the the choice the the, the, the the amateurs we've taken to the album is it should be twelve singles really. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I love that mentality, and it's not a million miles away from uh, from your adherence to the to the school of David Gedge. So. Uh, well, you know, he released those uh, one single a month, and he kind of started that thing, and then Sub Pop copied his model. And uh, you're you're out, you're you're. Well, we haven't had an album from you so far, but the, the adopting adopting the approach of every every rec, uh, sorry every song being a single, that's lovely. That that's how it should be, shouldn't it? it should be spoiled yeah, for choice. Like, like the, the first talks or the undertones. Exactly. Yeah, not not dissimilar at all. Well, you know, let's talk about the two cover versions that you did on uh, on the on the double A side. Who who oh, yeah. who chose them Martin, ultimately? Martin chose the Prince one. Yeah. Because we did that for with the, he he's done it. The Prince that was one of the original demos from the mid nineties that he recorded. Yes. So the sort of the the, the first of the newer recordings, and then the when you play David Gedge's festival which is called At the Edge of the Sea, yep. which is held in, in Brighton every August. Yeah. Um, in order to play that, he asked the band to play a cover of a wedding present song. So we thought, just to be different, we'd do a cinema. <laughs> yeah, just to annoy him, you, you, chose to, you, you chose to do something else. Yeah, but we did it in the style of a... Well, yeah, yeah, but it's, it was an interesting choice, that's for sure. And I mean, so that that's add light to that. Now, if 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 there was a complete artistic license and and uh, somebody supplied you the the money to to put out an EP, um, are there any other songs that you'd like to uh, tackle as a band and, and actually uh, not just play live but but record? I'm sure there are. I, mean, I haven't thought any, but <laughs> we have no plans at the moment. Well, I'll just put you on the spot on that one. There is talk of a Roses tribute album at some point, because I, I left the Flatmates in 89 to join, no, 87, sorry, to join the Roses. Yes. And uh, the Roses split, and there's no possibility of the Roses ever reforming, so we thought we might put together a tribute album of covers, and so the Flatmates might contribute a track to that. Oh, that's very cool. That would satiate a lot of fans. That would be very interesting. <laughs> And um, yeah, we've had a few people like Milky Whipshake, Manhattan Love Suicides, and both said they'll put tracks towards that compilation. So that would be nice. Well, that'd be lovely. And, and let's let's just touch upon briefly. Uh, you held my heart. Um, what were the machinations oh, yeah. between between that? Was it something sit, sitting around having been written for a while, or was it uh, written? Uh, no. When when Lisa joined the band, she we said we've got some songs, but she's welcome to write songs for the flatmates, and so that was what the three she came up with. Oh, that's wonderful. So that's that's uh, dispelled all the mystery. So we now know how those last two releases uh, saw 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 their ultimate. Uh, uh, release it and, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I've been able to draw a line under that because just for me personally, I'm, I'm making you can't hear it, but I've got a lot of check, checks and tick marks here to try and make sense of what's been going on. Um, the one other song we released uh, recently, we did um, uh, one of our songs is on one of the Indie Tracks compilations, I think the 2014 Indie Tracks compilation. Right, right, right. So I've actually just, as I'm talking to you, I've just got a, a very confused message from uh, Martin wondering where the heck we are. Um, so yeah. I'll, 
I'll get back to him in the next little well, while. I'll give you his, I'll give you That'd be smashing, yeah, if you don't mind. Well, that's wonderful, Rock. Listen, thank you so much for chatting. And, and you have been, uh, it's almost like you've been an informant. I'm very grateful to you. <laughs> no problem because, Oh, no, not at all. You, you've answered all, all the salient ones and the rest is going to be a lot of fun. So I'll, I'll give Martin a buzz and I'll stitch them together and I'll, and I'll drop them in the podcast and uh, be in touch uh, very, very soon. Excellent, right. Cheers. All the very best. Thanks so much. Cheers. Bye no then. Problem. Bye. Hello. Hello, it's Dara calling from Canada. How are you? Hi. Um, yeah, look at Ian. I got in the speaker. Oh, you he can hear me. How are you? All right, yeah. yeah. Sorry for the uh, sorry for the cataclysmic uh, technical meltdown there. I've just been on the on the phone with uh, with Rocker uh, for the last little while, and uh, mm -hmm. didn't didn't realise that you were in two different physical locations. And he suggested I give you a ring that we could get two interviews for the price of one. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're about 100 miles apart, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah, so that's it, yeah, that, that would explain everything. So, yeah. th thank you for sparing time on the Sabbath to talk to us. Uh, but we've, we've managed, without, without uh, you, to try and get a chronological um, uh, amendment to the, uh, the lineage of the flatmates to try and fill in all the gaps to, to, to let everybody know what you've been doing of late. Uh, and what can mm -hmm. be expected from, from, from you coming forward. And, and uh, the, the net result of that is we're really happy that uh, there's going to be a new album coming this year, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's cool. It's only taken about 30 years to get here. Well, that's it. That's it. But if it's worth doing, it's worth doing properly, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, I feel that way. <laughs> yes. Well, we'd, uh, we'd spend a bit of time, Martin, talking about, um, first of all, the um, the two compilations that, that, that we've been feeding off as fans for a long, long time. And um, you were instrumental in putting those together and uh, also found out about uh, Subway Organisation no longer sort of being a, a, a label as such, not really putting out records anymore by virtue of uh, some costs incurred. Um, well, it's, it's still existing, but it's got all that back catalogue. Yes. Um, so it's not, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not actively, you know, sourcing new talent and making new releases, whatever they were. Right, yeah. And so, so between yourself and, and Local Underground, both owned by the pair of you, uh, they're, the yeah. two, they're the two labels that scream, release me, release me. And I was talking to, uh, to Rocker about, about Pledge and, uh, and Bandcamp, and, and he quite, quite rightly said... That's really, really a good ways and means to address your existing audience, but gaining gaining new fans therein lies the problem. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, I guess part of that is that you know it's, it's kind of easier to put things out harder to necessarily find people because you know there used to be the sort of the, the gatekeepers of all that were sort of like the, the radio shows and like John Deal who yes you know get trusted in their selection and. You might not like everything, everything's going to be interesting. And now it's sort of like there's so much stuff out there that um, you kind of need a, 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 I guess, a kind of trusted source. I mean, you know, things like Rock and Radio Show is, um, is good. Yes. Uh, there's no easy to through stuff, but it's sort of, if you're just going on a thing like Bang County stuff, you know, where, where do you start? Um, you know, you get to listen to a lot of stuff to find anything good, and, you know, to people give up halfway through listening. Um, you know, but make it easier for everyone to release stuff 
I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, thankfully, it's a, it's a dynamic process whereby what, what we're having to contend with now in the industry, it's going to be different in five months' time and different in five years' time. But I can appreciate what you're saying. If you're a new band starting out, your expectations aren't that high because your costs are low and you, you're just starting out. If you're an established band, you don't have to worry about it. So you're in the middle of, of, of those two kind of scenarios. Are you still living in, in the Bristol area? No, I live just outside of London. I live, I live really close to Heathrow Airport, so I'm just west of London. Oh, so yeah. So, you're at Hounslow Way somewhere, are you? Um, well, in Staines, actually. Staines, yeah. Well, I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering what the scene's like in uh, in Bristol at the moment. Of course, I mean, the, the Blue Aeroplane's just released a new record last week, which... Uh, kept the flag flying as it were and there's a new one from you coming out is it is there anything that we should be looking out for from your old stomping ground um not unaware of no <laughs> rob is definitely a great person to yeah. talk to about that because you know for his radio show he's keeping his the ground and he, yeah. he goes out a lot and knows a lot of musicians um around london you tend to kind of get you know you get bands that come from everywhere that's right yeah um, I'm, I'm, i mean sometimes you sort of like wonder who what bands are actually from London itself? You know, because every band you see is from Liverpool or Manchester or Bristol or Newcastle. You think, well, you know, when you ever get to see London bands, I'm sure there must be others. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but, but per capita, per capita, the way, way down the charts, London, London bands per capita, out, outdone by Glasgow, Liverpool, Manchester, and Bristol, hands down. Yeah. But, but I mean, in, in, in London, it can, you know, it can take you an hour and a half to go from one side of town to the other. It takes that long to get to Bristol. Um, yes. You know, it's, 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 when people are kind of living in such high density, it's hard to go and have a, have a rehearsal in your actual living room like you, you would do in Bristol. Yes. Um, you've got to hire a practice room and property prices are so high, you know, you pay 50 quid for a practice session. Like a bunch of, bunch of 16 and 17 year olds, you know, you've got to travel across town and pay 50 quid for a practice. Yeah. You know, you can't understand why they're sitting in the bedroom with, with computers doing stuff on themselves. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's the big smoke versus the parochial, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if, you, if actually you're a bunch of friends who come from a small town, it's, it's a lot easier to actually get together and hang out with a bunch of friends than to, and to actually, you know, sort of like rely on ads to find another musician in the whole of London. I mean, they're out there, but you might as well get another town because the prices you're paying for rehearsal rooms and to travel across London kind of make it, you know, Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, we all together because we're a bunch of friends who like the same music, and we kind of went to went to take gigs together. We went to went drinking together. We hung out together, and that's what came before we formed the band, really. Well, yeah, the music's a byproduct of of of, of friends uh, having similar tastes, and that's yeah. that's a wonderful thing, and and it's what a lot of people strive for. But if you haven't got it, it's something it's something to envy. Um, I spoke to Rocker about um, about Lisa. Got really excited about her inclusion, and we learned about how she she made it uh, uh, into the band. And then 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 he burst my bubble and said she's moved back. She's moved to Sweden. Yeah, 
Yeah, Malmo Airport's it's a long, way, a long way away. But yeah, um, I'm, yeah. I'm sure it'll all come out in the wash. I'm just delighted for you to to, to have been able to, to find a a front woman that uh, that you're happy with. Because I mean, I'm sure that process mm. took took quite a long time. Yeah, we, I mean, me and Rocco were kind of you know meeting up for curries and whatever, and regularly did, even though we, we did long long way apart and see each other at Christmas and. You know, I was sort of saying, well, I've written a few more songs this year, what have you been doing? And he hears stuff, and we kind of just each other demos and look, and look around the singers and look on through, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know how many it was over the space of about seven or eight years before we actually found Lisa. Yeah. And that so was, that classic. was, that was fortuitous too, wasn't it? Like a friend of a friend type thing. Um, well, well, I think Rocker just come across, a, you know, doing a solo stuff. Yeah. When he'd gone to things like indie tracks. Um... And you know, playing gigs, and then you talk to her, um, and, and just knew her and just approached her. Um, um, but, but as soon as you came on to the first practice, you know, like me and him just looked at each other and went, Yeah, this is right. You know, we just kind of just nodded at each other and said, This is, I mean, it, she really captures the spirit of the flatmate. So I won't say, you know, she, she sounds like that or she looks like that. Yeah. But whatever spirit, whatever spirit Debbie had, Lisa's got the same thing. Yeah, and, and that's that's noticeable to the to in, in terms of being a listener. and. You know that that it was it's continuity, but it's continuity being recognisably different. That sounds like an utter oxymoron, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of you know we 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 met some very good singers, but we kind of when they sang, it sort of it just felt yeah, you're a good singer, but you're not a flatmate singer. That's it. That's it. Yeah, you, that's that's the nail on the head right there. You got to be a flatmate singer. So I'm delighted for you because that could have been conceivably a. Uh, Almost an unending task to find someone who was uh, who had the chemistry to be a flatmate. Um, we yeah. talked we talked about the singles and and the uh, the choice of cover versions. I understand that you were responsible for for the, the Prince uh, the Prince cover because you've had it demoed before and you've you've, you've played it and it's been been lying around for, for quite some time. Yes, it's a, it's a song I, I demo just you know as being something which I a song I really like to kind of work as a it's worked as a really good garage band song. It is. Um, you know, you, you can kind of imagine it as a pop song. If people see the gigs and sing along to it, you have the cover version, and they say, well, who did that originally? Instead of expecting some sort of like, you know, expecting to be some power pop New York band from the sort of mid-70s, they're surprised that they're Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and also, it kind of, you know, it throws out some of the people aren't expecting. And you go out to a cover version of, you know, some indie heroes song, you know, it's great, but it's kind of, well, it certainly resonates with, with, with me, and uh, yeah, I mean, how, how many compilations of, of that ilk have we seen? That's, if you're going to do something, do something interesting. And you, fir- mm. you took that one step further by defying David Gedge, I understand, and not covering a wedding present song, but you, you opted for Cinerama instead, which is same but different, I suppose. Yeah. Again, it's a, it's, a, it's a good song. It um, is. But, you know, I mean, we, we could have sort of made that, that, you know, the A side of, of the symbol and sort of, but it's sort of, well, you know, the Flatmates do a wedding present song, but it's in a song. You know, you know I mean, we toured with the wedding present in 
87, I think. Yeah. Um, we did some university um, venues or a tour. You did the George we Best did tour, didn't you, Martin? Martin? Did, sorry? It was the George Best tour you did, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that that George. Oh, oh, that was that was Tommy. Tommy came out as a singles comp right after George Best did that. That, that put Tommy, to, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the, the punk before the gigs had the balloons on, and they used to sort of like finish each gig with sort of like kicking those balloons into the audience. That's know, it. Yeah. The stage with them. Um, so we'd together talk with them. We'd known them for ages. So you know, if we. And, and we did, a, you know, we recently supported them at um, Shepherd Bush Empire. Yeah. So we kind of did a cover version one. It's almost like, you know, you've done sort of the wedding present or Cinerama B team. You know, you're sort of the, the second, <laughs> the second level, the second five. Yeah, um, you're the subs bench. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, um, if, if we could do that, it's sort of, well, I think we like the most of their friends. It's sort of, let's do something that's a bit more unexpected. It's like, you know, so, you know, the, the, the sort of second tier indie bands covering songs for the top tier indie bands. You know, it's sort of, you just kind of recite them the same songs. I mean, let's, let's bring something fresh in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and also, you know, I think it kind of it made a few people see a different sides of Prince as well. Undoubtedly. And I was, I was going to ask you that. So, again, you've, you've eliminated one of my questions by being really, really informational. <laughs> but um, it's true. Um, to, to the uninitiated, it, it would be a real surprise. And if someone didn't know either way, to ask them to guess, they could they could guess till time immemorial and, and not come up with the, with, with the right answer. Mm-hmm. So, C eighty six, it's it's a movement we all know. And we're all familiar with it. I'm not going to belabor that point. Um, are there any bands, um, regardless of where they emanate from, that you yourself say, "Hang on a minute, that's got that's got the kind of spirit that I like." Are there, are there any bands that you respect and like who are doing uh, things similarly to yourselves, or indeed differently that you still like? Um, what are you mean back then or, or currently? I mean currently. So, have you part? What have you parted your money with to buy lately? So, so what have you spent money on of late? Last said last year. Um, I've got the second month for album this week, actually, and I mean, you're probably able to look at the things I recently, I recently bought or downloaded. Well, that's um, easy. That's the way, best place to start. Yeah, and, and I think you know, I really like talking there to him. Yeah. Um, it's got things under spirit. It's lyrically, it's, it's very clever. It's witty. Yeah. You know, it's kind of got the energy. Um, Japan Droids, I like as well. Yes. They're, they're the albums. Um, yeah, go and throw, throw stuff at me. I, I kind of, you know, kind of... I, I don't listen to stuff in the same way that I did, you know, 30 years ago. Because if I walk in on the iPod and all goes on shuffle, then you kind of sit on there for a few weeks before it comes up and you go, hey, this is good, I'll have to listen to the whole of it. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. Whereas before, you, you kind of get an album, you play it on the turntable, sitting at home, and, you know, you actually listen to, to things. You might actually have a record sitting in a pile of records for a few weeks before you got around to it. But, you know, you kind of listen to the whole albums, you know, completely forced. And now it kind of, it all goes on, it all goes, kind of goes on the iPod. And you kind of almost forget about it until it comes up. Yeah, I agree, I agree 100%. It's not like dropping the needle and religiously listening to five songs, flipping it, then religiously listening to five more. Um, it, it, it's a completely different dynamic, but having said that, um, shuffle's quite, shuffle can be a wonderful thing as well, whereby you realise, yeah. hang on, I've never heard that song, I own it, and by crikey, that's fantastic. So the pros and cons. Yeah, yeah, and I thought we got like you know, 10,000 or so songs on your iPod. Shuffle. Take quite a while to come back. Oh, for sure, for sure. If you're kind of to, to, when you're tra- travelling to work and travelling back from work, it's sort of, 
you get through maybe a couple of hours of, of stuff a day. But uh, yeah, when, when you do the, stuff. you look at the summary and you've got you know eight hundred and thirty days of music. Um, the odds yeah, of five, yeah. the odds of <laughs> the odds of organic and, listings. And, and the random function seems to pick the same twenty four songs over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bad rock station's playlist of twenty four songs yeah, that they just keep. Yeah. Def- no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is my sentiment entirely. So this 25-year hiatus, as, as you know, for sake of argument, we'll round it to 25, whether it's accurate or not is, is up for debate, but quarter of a century is an awful long time. What, what have you done in terms of outside of music uh, in the last little while? Have you been working outside of music? We know what Rocket does. He's he's still immersed in it. What what are you doing yourself aside from obviously making music? Um, we're getting married on a couple of kids, getting divorced, going to their university, getting a law degree, becoming a lawyer. Um, well, that's all that kind of stuff. Okay, well, that <laughs> you certainly—it's it, as if you have—you've been answered answered that question a million times before because you just praised it into five bullets. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's, 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 that's Twenty-five years in the space of one Well, again, um, I was—I wasn't hinting at the fact that you'd been bone idle. It was just morbid curiosity <laughs> because you know you. Um, and, and I'm kind of doing stuff with my photography as well. I don't know if you if you came across the book of TV between. I did, I did. Yeah, well, I've, I've got about, I don't know how many pictures in there, but all, all the Smiths ones from me. Yeah. All the Smiths pictures from the early, so they're keeping their small book form, they're all mine, and, uh, you know, if you look in the back, I think I'm credited as, I don't know, what's that, 15 of those pictures in there, so, um, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of had, I've, I've had things published in other magazines, well, so over the last sort of, you know, 10 years or so, um, you know, getting a lot of my own sort of photographs published and work, and work with new stuff, you know, doing a lot more, more photography, um, because that's what, you know, when I left school, I I did go to um, college to do a part of a photography degree, and I dropped out of art college to start the subway label. Yeah, yeah, because because your name so, did uh, your name was dropped. I was talking to Derek Ridges a few months ago, and um, mm-hmm. yourself uh, being in the same breath as Derek Ridges and Kevin Cummins, which is quite cool. Oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, that's good company to be in, I think, isn't it? differentiating factor, right? There's rough trade, there's 4AD, the 23 envelope stuff, sub pop to a degree yeah. in its early days. But the aesthetic, uh, one thing I, I, I was drawn to aside from the music as, as being a 20 a something, um, was, was 
the aesthetic and packaging of, of, of all the flatmates uh, material um, and um, whether it was concerted or not it was it was in terms of a brand reasonably thematic and it, and I understand after having spoken with with rocker that you still to this point do not have uh, the the sleeve design for the album that's in the can um, no we don't no. Well, what I'm saying, because if you are, it's one of the benefits of owning your own label, you don't have to go and call Peter Savile. You can do it yourself. Yeah. Um, Theoretically. I mean, we've, we've, it, it was Simon, Tom Barnes and Chesterfield did a lot of the stuff. Yes. Um, him and his, him and his girlfriend, um, they started the terrible Hilda, but we've, we've got ratings on that to Simon, you know, over the last, the last few years. Uh, he's helped us out with, with quite a few things. Um, he is our sort of in-house go-to go-to guy. Yes. Um, yeah, we 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 always take advantage of him and get him to do stuff. Perhaps nothing we should be paying him, but um, hopefully, hopefully you get you get the kick out of it and a bit of recognition. Well, I'm glad that you're still working with him. I was just being semi-flippant and saying that, being that you're a photographer and haven't got a sleeve in the can per se, uh, there could be yeah. an extension of your artistic control there. You know, I mean, the photographs are one thing, and you know, we've, we've actually managed to sort of self-shoot a lot of the photographs we used recently, and hopefully got something usable. But um, it's all it's all difficult to you kind of photograph yourself. You don't you don't see yourself the way that you track the others, or others oh. see you. Yeah, well, um, subjectivity is a tricky one. I've got a bit of graphic design experience myself. You know, I, I, have, I did have to cobble together a few sleeves for. Um, you know, for, for Subway, there were a few things that I did myself I didn't actually credit myself on. Yeah. Um, you know, I could possibly do it, but sort of, yeah, I'm a photographer, but when it comes to graphic design, people like Simon have got, you know, much, much better ideas than I have. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of do it because I can kind of do it, not because I'm good at doing it. Well, it's also, you know. also a third party or someone who's not involved in the, the actual core of the band. There's, there's an element of objectivity that... Uh, lends itself to the creative process as opposed to it being totally subjective. So if, if you've got a trusted source who understands your ethic and, 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 and where you're from and where you're going and, and what you want to purvey, that's the best of both worlds, I think. Yeah, and also someone's pretty good at me saying, no, I don't like that. I'm just going to Well, you have to be, um, be thick-skinned to be a designer, otherwise you're going to be crying all the time. Yeah, and, you know, it's like I've always, I've always kind of felt that, you know, if you kind of... If you kind of fashionable and, and you know people think that what you're doing is, is in then you you mustn't keep on doing that you've kind of got to keep on changing it it's like it's like, it's like the whole lot you know speaking about doing the print song yeah but yeah we took our effort and turned into a do a cinerama cover and you know all the people who were who were wedding present fans would think it's great but you know you're not really reaching new audience you're kind of recycling the old stuff and go stale and that's um, it and but know, we, 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 with, with the artwork, it was kind of sort of good to kind of change the feel of it every so often and, and keep on moving on and never really sort of settle. So we, you know, we, did, we did bring in a few other designers, you know, towards the end. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes the whole kind of like, you know, uh, finger-clicking, pop-aesthetic thing, you think, well, we've been doing that for sort of like you know, nine months or so. Is that going to get stale or something to come back? Because we designed the sleeves now, they're going to come out in like four or five months' time. Is this stuff going to be stale if you do it again? You know, or should we actually move on to a slightly different theme? You know, yes. and keep the same look, but kind of keep it moving forwards and sort of. It's like, you no, know, I don't want to go out and play, you know, play a whole set full of songs that are, that are thirty years old. You know, we actually did practice the set, and we were going, actually, you know, we've got all those songs here, they're all new songs. We actually need to put some old songs back in, 
because that's what people want to hear. So, you know, I've, I've always sort of, almost like you kind of should become moving on slightly, and that's kind of why I, I kind of have a bit of a problem with all these sort of C86 reissues that's been recently. It's like, yeah, that was great, it's history, but sort of, I'd rather recollect the folks on finding new stuff that maybe had that spirit than really maybe reissuing, you know, sort of, different mixing B-sides from bands who were around 30 years ago. Yeah, well, again, um, you know, being, not devil's advocate, but being a record collector, an audiophile, whatever you want to call it, it's, I mean, idiots like me fuel this machine because we buy all these flipping reissues that we've already got in three, mm -hmm. different, three different formats anyway. So, yeah. uh, you know, Cherry Red, they're doing a fine, fine job and Fire are doing a fine, fine job, but I understand implicitly what you're saying, but the hope, the hope is that the, the people who are buying it aren't people like me who already own it. It might be people who missed it first time round. That's my hope, anyway. So well, I hope so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I kind of fear that it might be people like you and me who are buying it rather than people, <laughs> well, you know, the teenagers will be down at the front of gigs and so on. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, Cherry Red's will get in touch with me every sort of like six or nine months and say, I mean, they're working, they're working on C88 now. Yes, um, yes, they are. And I, and I sort of go to them, I kind of go to them, oh, you're not, are you? Can't you know, can't you put that in the board? And they go, well, I, I understand why they're doing it because they're just literally going back to all the old journalistic monikers of shoegaze, C86, and, and, and coming up with a, a three or four CD comp. And uh, they're going to fast run out of, of genres. Yeah. That's for sure. I, I, mean, I, I have a little mixed feelings about it. I always want to say, no, don't do it. I'm not, I'm not going to have to act. And if you do that, then get people saying to you sort of six months later, oh, I went and bought the ETH and you weren't on it. What's the matter? What, what do you know, it's like it's sort of, you know, and half of me sort of feels that you don't go on it. We're going to be disappointed people and, you know, because we're all to be conspicuous yeah. by your absence is bad marketing. So almost by default, you have to reluctantly yeah. participate in these things. And I feel it's all biased to be going to be on there. And then, you know, you kind of, well, you know, if you go on there, you make about 100 quid for 10,000 sales or something. You know, they probably spend more than that, actually. You can add tapes and editing stuff. You know, doing copies for them. Oh, yeah, you spend, um, more, you spend more on the courier sending them the master. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then, you know but if you're not on there, it's sort of... That's right, you, um, you succumb because it's better to participate than to not marginally. Yeah, and it's kind of, you know, if that comes out and it's going to be some little radio station or, like, you know, some local radio station, the indie show, it's going to be playing that and it's not going to be playing, you know, a track from the New Marker album or Japan Boys or something or some new band that's sort of emerging locally that it's, yes. you know, is worth hearing. It's kind of... You know, they're, block, they're blocking up all those, those channels of people here and finding out track stuff. It could be, it could be right in that new band. Yeah, agreed. Um, agreed. And, and I, 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 so it, yeah, I kind of have a, have a love-hate relationship with those sort of things. It's, I, it's, nice to be on, it's nice to be on there, but you kind of wish that, you know, they were really putting their efforts into the new stuff. I do, I do too, but it's it's a, it's a criminally difficult industry, oh. having been in it myself, and and you know profit margins, and, and unfortunately there is that horrible word at the end of it that says business, and many many companies take that to heart over the repertoire. So, anyway, it, 
I, I just hope to goodness that uh, you align yourselves with some uh, some kind of uh, some kind of marketing guru who can showcase your new material and, and give you the, this shot of adrenaline that you need to to, uh, to showcase your new material to new listeners. And I, and I hope that uh, whether it's a Janice again or, or or a few equivalents of Janice, pick up on the on the new material and start giving it some rotation. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, <laughs> of course, it would. I hope yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's trying to get through to people. But actually, we're not kind of you know just rehashing old stuff. It's sort of I, I wouldn't be doing this if it didn't feel like I was doing new stuff. Because you know, I mean, I mean, me and Rocker would play each other sort of songs that we've done. Every time we met for curry, it might have only been two or three songs, but it was sort of once you get in that same line of writing stuff and you become a songwriter in quotes, you know, it's difficult to shake it off. You do it all out of habit, and yes. you know, you kind of got you got to write these things kind of let this, you know. It's like politics, Martin. Martin, you can't possibly keep everybody happy all the time. We know that. No. But I think I think I we'll. I, I, I quite like saying I could be in heaven because you kind of go right at the end of the set and then you play those opening, you know, three or four notes and everyone just goes, you know, batshit crazy. They will jump up and down. It's like you're standing up, up on stage and you, you get a reaction from the audience. Yes. It's really nice. Those people have waited years and years. Yeah, but, you know, someone's been sitting there waiting the best part of half a lifetime to hear that live, so that's a big deal to them. You might, you might have, uh, you might have uh, unwittingly come up with your, uh, your next merchandising campaign for your T-shirts. We're not just another reissued indie band. You know, that could just be a simple uh, white font on black T-shirt. I'm just saying some white text on a black T-shirt, just saying we're just not another recycled indie band, and there, there, therein lies your marketing. Yeah. <laughs> I've got. Yeah, it's almost like kind of throwing out a challenge to people. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's 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 challenging them, as you say. Yeah, I've got one last question, which is semi-flippant, but I ask everybody the same question, and it's hypothetical. It's let's say I've you know the flatmates have come over to play a couple of gigs in the, the the east east of North America, done New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, Toronto, Montreal. You end up in Ottawa. You're at my place. I stick the kettle on. We have a cup of tea. We're sitting there hanging out, and I bring out the magic biscuit tin, and I say, "Of all the biscuits on God's green earth, Martin, this is a magic biscuit tin. So just choose the one you want. What would you choose?" <sighs> There's another T-shirt for you right there. <laughs> um, uh, and it's amazing how many eloquent, intelligent, <laughs> just loquacious people get stumped when you ask them what their favourite biscuit is. You know, I, I, I read something quite sad that the county makes pink and the wafer biscuit. Oh, yes. Oh, really? Yeah, they've got 
Bitcoin wafers are going to have to go down the pants. And then I'm going to plump for a, a huge packet of everlasting pink panther wafers. Okay, well, you might just sort of have to go there and repo all that's left in the warehouse. If it's, a, it's almost like a limited edition. If it's a magic biscuit, you can kind of do that. It might be an extinct biscuit, but I guess a magic biscuit. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to speak to my I'm going to have to speak to my IT department and see if it's possible to to have an endless supply of a defunct biscuit. I'm sure we can wangle that with our technology. Um, I'll, I'll be sure. I'll, hey. Well, that, that involves that involves getting over to North America, but that's an entirely different story. Um, we can work on that later. But I'll I'll um, okay. I'll send you the latest okay. spreadsheet of of of, uh, of the biscuit chart. So when I get around to updating it later today. In the meantime, sorry for the delay today, but thanks so much for being uh, so giving, and it's lovely to talk to you. It's lovely to catch up in terms of what's actually happening in the world of the flatmates. And now. Uh, compared to an hour ago, I feel like I actually know what I'm talking about if I'm asked as to what you've been up to, which is good, which is good. So I'll be sharing this with all and sundry in the next couple of days. I'll be sure I'll drop you a line when it's when it's live. I've got to look forward to it. Thanks Th so much. Thanks so much. Take care of yourself. Cheers. Bye. Wasn't that a lot of fun? That's the flatmates. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time to talk to me. And I hope that you've all been introduced suitably and nicely to the wonderful world of the flatmates. And I hope we were nipping out and, uh, and buying their material. Um, here's one last track by them before I swan off down the motorway to go home and have my dinner. You help my heart. <laughs>
You Held My Heart. That's the Flatmates, and that's the third of the three tracks that I'm going to be featuring around the interview. Hope you enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed my uh, time on uh, the pseudo air with you. I'll be back next week for uh, episode, goodness knows, 29, I believe. My word. Please spread the word. Nearperfectpitch.com. Thanks for listening. Ta-ra.